You're listening to Dynamo's Dust. Now let's welcome your host, Team Dynamo Kelly. Welcome to Dynamo Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, muesli, fresh socks and jocks and everything in between, never forgetting the talc. And we are the Cowboys from, we have two Cowboys from Hell on today. That is myself, your host, Dean Dynamo Kelly and good friend of the show and good friend of mine, me podcasting brother. Carl King, whoa. Carl. What's up? What's up, my brother? It's been a while since you've uh, been on the dozen, so... Um, on the dozen, yeah. Oh, Jesus, bring it's been you a back. while. You're obviously, uh, you're obviously one, of the, uh, one of the four pod men on our very successful show, also here on Abs- Anchor. Um, Absolutely. And under the dozen network with, uh, with ourselves, and, and obviously we'll have more information coming up on that. Probably on the end of the show, actually, we should probably make the announcement to people. Should be um, good, yeah. On, on who the, the fourth podman is, as uh, Dara O'Connor has left, we wish Dara well, obviously. Absolutely. Um, still a good friend of this show as well, so a good friend of ours. So, um, But yeah, we do have a new fourth podman, but we'll leave that one till the end. It's a age-old yes. trick, keep people waiting, salivate until the end of the show, or else, <laughs> or else, to be honest with you, they can probably just skip to the end of the show and not listen to the rest, but we still That's get the hit, we still get the download, so we don't give a shit. <laughs> But you we, do give a shit. You do give a shit. Well, we do <laughs> because we do have some good. We have a good show for you all today. It really um, is. It's, it's just us shooting the shit today, isn't it? It is. In the midst of obviously China virus still in full effect, and and obviously giving everyone kind of sleepless nights and putting people in positions that they don't know where they are. Uh, we still need to be churning out stuff like this and content for people to keep sane. I think. Mm. Because I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know whether I was telling you, but. I'm, uh, getting tested tomorrow for that. Yes, you are getting. You and the family are getting tested. The for kids, the, uh, the kids and Ireland got tested yesterday for the Rona, yeah, and they yeah they uh, went we okay. Should, they well, yeah, they should know their results tomorrow. It's only a precaution because yeah, but we uh, Ireland was in contact, possibly in contact with someone. But it's it's just a precaution, you know. Like it's not like as if we're we have a you know. So yeah. it's better to be safe than sorry in this world we're living in today. <laughs> it is, it is, and I think it's going to come to the point now where uh, I wonder when the common flu comes in, are they going to start telling people to put masks on as well? It's like, uh, what is what is the world coming to? But look, um, politics and stuff, we'll probably end up touching on that at some point today. You know, people. Let's see, let's see. Yeah, if it goes, if it goes there, it goes there. But we're not going to start there. Um, I suppose the best place to start is obviously um, people know you for your music. As a they do. Uh, as the front man for as I always call you the mighty two tales of woe. Um Thank you, and you guys have obviously I know you've probably talked about this on your own show recently, but you've obviously had different um you've had some change ups again. Um 
you guys you guys are like and you'll laugh at this with me you guys are like spinal tap you know what i mean <laughs> but, I've, I've always i've always said it we're the spinal tap of the orange metal scene. the orange metal scene but why don't you fill everybody in obviously in where you guys are at now um well well there's just um, i mean it's it's quiet at the moment and um, we're not really doing an awful lot we have a new guitarist ed who is also in I own a death cult and also in my Slayer band goes to war. So he's a fantastic guitarist. So we're just trying to blood him in at the minute and, uh, you know, get some, or sorry, some riffs together and stuff like that. Because obviously we can't gig and like, I mean, if we were able, if it was feasible for us to do maybe a live stream, we might do something like that, but it's not feasible right this minute. So all we're, we're trying to do is concentrate on, formulating some new songs getting them together and uh you know because we we can we have a we can record ourselves yeah so we're, we're lucky in that sense that we can kind of get some ideas and get them to demo level and then wherever then you know we're, right. we're lucky so like like you know it was a pity that this COVID thing came in because like we we had we had some, like 12 gigs we had to cancel our put- spawn or, or we that we were a part of so yeah this was know, finally this was finally going to be the summer actually where uh where the wall were probably going to have the busiest summer in in many a year to be fair wasn't yeah. it yeah yeah because we were all kind of on a on, a, on a, a plate a plane we'll say that we could all go to the same area and you know, you know play all these gigs but sure look that's life you know you just you couldn't have adapted and overcome and uh that's what we're trying to do at the minute we're trying to get some more material together rather than you know looking for ways to play gigs or whatever so like yeah and i'd say we're gonna probably i'd say we're probably gonna be looking at recording i'd say you know don't quote me on this but probably to start the next next year so january february i'd say i won't quote you on on this but you know someone listening is going to quote you on this so it's it's just the way it is it's it's out in the atmosphere now so (laughs) yeah ah look i mean you know, you know. Funny enough, I, I, I have been able. To, the only band I've been playing with at the moment was the Slayer band, Ghost of War. Why don't you fill people in on that? For, for because a lot of people I know, obviously, what you've been doing, and obviously there is some stuff that you can plug on this now as well. So why don't you fill people in on this, uh, on the Slayer sure. cover band? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about that actually because, as you know, Slayer re- retired last year, or whatever, and um, unfortunately, which was a, sa- a sad day for people like myself and probably yourself as well but yes oh, 100%, I, always, I always said to myself I'd love a, a Slayer cover band to do it right you know and I've seen many Slayer cover bands around like on, on YouTube and yeah. there's even been one or two in Ireland and something always lets them down whether it's the delivery of the vocals whether it's the solos and the way I look at it is if you're not going to do it right don't do it at all I agree know? And another motto I have in life is if you want something right more and often, you do it yourself. So I I said, right, I want to, you know, I was talking to people and I, wanna, I had a, a friend of mine for ages, uh, Baker, Dave Baker. Yeah, I know Dave, mutual was, friend, yeah. Yeah, yeah Dave. Big Dave, Big Dave Spurs, mate. That's the man. Spurs, mate. He's a man, he's a man. He's a man, mate. He, um, he, was, start, he was initially going to start off with me. Yeah. And uh, so then I kind of it, it it takes so long to get a band together these days. It's crazy. Oh, it's the most difficult thing. You know? you know, I tried it a couple of years ago, dude. It's it's not the same yeah. as it was ten years ago. No, no. So, um, I had seen Ed 
with Iona Death Cult before, and we weren't really friends before all this started. So like we're we're really good friends now, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And um, so we got him on guitar, and we're, we're I think we're we've been still looking for a, a second guitarist for ages, but we've had three or four jams since we started. Like we had one jam, then the fucking COVID thing started, and we've had two jams I think since COVID. You know, so um, we had one. Like basically, what we're doing at the moment is, I'm just I'm just concentrating on vocals, and because um, you know I can't play and sing at the minute. So Dara, our friend Dara, yeah, is playing bass for us. Now he wasn't there at the last couple of jams for work reasons or whatever. Well, he's a so busy ass brought, boy, so yeah, he's yeah, a, he's very busy. So I just brought one of my bases in just to play along, you know, and um, I said, fuck, I'm going to try and learn how to sing and play, just mainly for myself, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's just a skill um, to try and master, I suppose, yeah, from your point of view. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So basically, as I was saying, uh, I have the drive and the passion for the songs, and I'm listening to Slayer since I was bloody 12 or 11 or 12 or something like that. Knee so, high to a grasshopper, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Like I said, if I can't do them right, I won't do them at all. So yeah. that's where we're at. We're just getting, we're trying to, we were just going to just do it for a bit of crack. And then there was a lot of interest. So we're probably going to get geared up for gigs for next year. So we're at the minute, we're just doing a set. Uh, we're trying to formulate a set that's going to please everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean, like Slayer got, as much as I love Slayer, they got really formulaic with their set lists, you know? So like if there's a song, like, I love, Spill the Blood is my favourite Slayer song. Oh, hell I think, yeah. I think I've only ever seen them play it once on YouTube, on the, the rain, the, remember they had the Still Raining the DVD. Yeah. That was the only time I, I, I ever recall seeing like, stuff like that, stuff like Skeletons and Society. There's loads of little nuggets that they don't play. Yeah, very so true. That's yeah. Our, yeah. So that's our kind of mission is to play a bit of a different type of a Slayer set. That maybe one that fans would have really really liked do you know what i mean so, yeah yeah like because your fans like, like me who'd love to hear like you know the harden of the arteries or something like that come along because i mean hell yeah. awaits is my favorite album one of my favorite albums yeah. in general you know of any band so, but you yeah. always get hell awaits and stuff like that but like the hardening of the arteries yeah. which is just such a fucking horror it's a song. song it's a horror nasty yeah. song and you don't like you really have to go i know what you mean there like you really actually have to one of those bands that you really have to go and search for to see something live, like, you know? Yeah. It's usually not yeah. good quality. It's usually old, uh, grainy yeah. and stuff like that, which is good. But yeah, I like I yeah. like the idea. And I think that's, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I think that's probably where you're coming from when people are listening to this and they're saying, what does he mean by doing it right? That's what he mean by doing it right because, yeah. you know, it's easy to do it. I know um, from when I was gigging, I know how hard it is to do a Slayer song. We we covered Bloodline, if you remember. And um, I remember, because I'm obviously a bass, so for me to cover like a Pantera song or something like that was just easy to me. That was because it fell in line with my particular skill set. But yeah. when I had to do Bloodline, I mean, holy Christ, man. I mean, I remember the, the boys, when we, they were like, we're doing this, so you need to go and learn it. I was like, oh, I know the song. But they were like, yeah, but this is non-negotiable. So you need to learn how to sing it. As in, like, you need to get your vocals to that level to sing that. And I was like, shit, how long do I have? You've got two days. <laughs> so, oh, and, that, and this is the lesson to kids. Don't mispractice 
don't make an excuse to miss practice. I would have had a week to do it, but I missed the practice. But just, <laughs> I know it's a funny segue, but it was funny because I was just, I remember all for that 48 hours nonstop, I was just listening, listening, listening. I was leaving the room. I was trying to get my voice in line with that, with the Tomorai, the way he sings it. But then to try and obviously make my own version of it, yeah. obviously not to sing it like that. It was extremely difficult. Luckily, I got it in the end. And thankfully, um, again, that was true. A lot of uh, hard work and pressure on myself. But I know, um, you know, how hard it is to actually to do a Slayer song. Because I suppose you, as one of the one of the leading vocalists in this country, especially in metal and been around for so long... Um, why don't you explain i could probably give you my two cents worth but you know when you have a vocalist say that is a bass vocalist like a like a, a phil anselmo for example that's a perfect mm. example um who would have a you know a bassy voice anyway even talking um and you've got like a heffield who has a little bit of baritone in there as well and then kind of goes a little bit higher with it you know what i mean heffield he's got the, like a, he's got a the perfect mix yes he's got the perfect balance he, yeah he, he's he's probably the I, you know, he's vocal wise for metal. He's got the perfect balance of, you know, everything. Uh, James Hetfield, like, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. He, I mean, if if someone wants to say he's the best vocalist in metal history, then they're not wrong if they want to go with that because that's it. You know, he's stood the test of time and he knows how to adapt. And I'd agree with that. Yeah. But you can see where I'm going with this question. Mm. Um, and you look, I and mean, you've got like your Cavaliers and stuff like that. But then when you go to Tom Arroyo, it's such a unique voice because it's not um it's not like a cory taylor where it's screaming and then he can sing screaming then he can no. sing it's 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 its own unique beast so yeah what what what, I mean, what way could you explain that for, for people listening so tom roy's voice it's not exactly what would you say he can sing but he like i mean you, you just brought up cory taylor there cory taylor is at this level we'll say mm-hmm. and this is not 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 a not comparison in a bad way this, Tom Roy would be like here, we'll say, mm. you know, or yeah. about here. So Tom Roy has this style of, as it, when you as it got later on in life, he just did a lot more kind of screaming, you know, like kind of, ah, la, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas earlier on, he was doing a little bit more singing. Uh, you look at the South of Heaven album, the oh. Seasons in the Abyss album, even even bits on Rain and Blood, you know. Uh, oh, so yeah. his voice, his, as he got older, his voice. Not that it got, it didn't get bass here, but it so got like powerful a though, so powerful, yeah. like war oh, ensemble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, it, that's something to behold live. When oh, you, hear that, you know. Oh. And it's funny because um, I, 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 to, I think it was the first Ghosts of War jam, and so like the lads hadn't really heard me doing a royal before. They're just going on my word. True. And uh, the first, the first thing I did was. Strange war ensemble into the into the microphone like Arroyo and I was just kind of like, oh okay it shit so, shit uh, just got real <laughs> yeah so but look I do I do of because I do of because it's it's great crack and I love those songs and like I mean it, for me if it, it it means I get to play the songs I love from those but from that band and I'm hoping what I'm hoping to do um, possibly in the next few weeks is put some sort of a poll up. For people who, if they're interested, see what's like, vote on a song, vote on a, on and help us create our set list. Yeah, that's great the way idea. We're, we're gonna. Sh- that's we're going the way we're gonna shape our set list. I like that. Is, I like that. Yeah, it's it's the only way to go because there's no point going to a gig. 
where you're going to see the same Slayer set from, you know, the the Tree Arena or whatever. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. Now, in saying that, in saying that, we have a plan down the line to, and this is because it's the it's the anniversary of uh, live uh, Decade of Aggression next year. I only listened to that today. So, oh. Yeah, so we're going to play that kind of note for note and word for word. So everything he says in between songs. I'm gonna do it as well, dude. So. I'll be there at the front row, probably fucking yeah. naked, doing backflips and landing on my head. <laughs> if you do the whole show, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see how it goes. But that's where I'm at with the Slayer thing, anyway. Well, you know, we get in when we can. COVID's fucking everything up for everybody, so we're doing what we can when we can. Yeah. Um, you know, like and there's other, there's a couple of other kind of projects I'm, I'm hoping on getting in, uh, to work on with people down the line couple of like uh which i can't really talk about right now i I did tell you off air yeah in the interest uh, of the other parties it's probably yeah best but like you know i'm I'm just i'm just wanting to collaborate with as many people as i can now because i'm i'm you know not not getting any younger and as you can see i'm not getting any younger at all but um i don't plan on hopping around favorite stage when i'm 50 you know what i mean so i would like to just try amass as much uh as many projects as I can. I'm sure me and you are due at some point. At some point. You never know oh. with us two crazy bastards, do you? Ah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy, though, because it's, uh, it's always one of those things because it's similar to pro wrestling for me in that sense that it's like a drug because pro wrestling and music were always my two my two things. And um, having not been, I suppose, active in the music scene in terms of me physically being, you know, on stage over, over the last few years and whatnot... Um, people think like, oh Jesus, you used to that used to be great crack. You used to be good at that or whatever. Like people think that you just lose the passion for it. It's not really the case. No. It's it's life gets in the way sometimes. But then it's also it's really difficult in 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 a country like Ireland and in a city like Dublin to actually amass a band that you want. And I think, I think that's the key to it, isn't it? A band that you want because yeah, when you get into you know doing a project, even if it's just a project you've got to make sure that you've got all the right players in there with you, the right personalities, because it's all well yeah. and good hearing a guitar player being able to have that beautiful sound, but if you two are going to kick each other's ass every week, and, you know, yeah. and it, it becomes not worth it then, because it becomes a chore rather than a hobby, and I think that would probably be yeah. your advice to younger guys and girls get, coming into it, wouldn't it? Yeah. To, to try Absolutely. and find the right players. Like, I I had an idea for two tales well. Like you know the story because we've talked about it many a time. Sure. But I'll just quickly say I had an idea for two thousand of first of all the kind of music I wanted it to be, and second of all the kind of people I wanted to play with. Yeah. And you know, I wanted friends. Uh, you know, at that back then it was a drinking band. You know what I mean? Like, oh we'd, yeah. We we rock up to every feckin' jam with a box of beer each. Like, I was there. I, mean? I was there. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so. Like, buses you know the buses to Belfast with like literally yeah. crates and crates of beer. <laughs> <laughs> like we've had some amazing uh, jams, but because we were all friends first and foremost, yes. you know. Yeah. But yeah, like I mean, if you, I mean, let's be honest, if you can start a band with your friends, and you have the same kind of ideas, that's a great thing. Mm. But at the same time, if you can find musicians who are willing to, who are willing to give and take. You know, yeah. um, and work in in conjunction with with you. Yeah, that's that's the that's even better because uh, if stuff hap- if it, if stuff happens to go south, that's probably even better because they, if they're not 
close, really close to you, it's you know, it's not really a big loss if you if you know what I mean. And no, I do. Like, you know, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, like even for like two thousand twelve, for example, I always have an idea. Like, don't get me wrong, I love everyone that's ever been in the band. Sometimes people leave sometimes have, people have to leave yeah. so I always have to it's, I, always, I always um have to have uh, someone in mind in case someone has to leave so that's your little black so, book of scouting I suppose pretty much yeah, yeah pretty much and I like you know I like no, I like like I said I like playing music with people I know um, if I don't know them then I'll do my research on them and then if I think that they might fit in with us on a personal level, then I'll ask them then. And that's kind of what I did with Ed was, was because, I knew, first of all, I knew he was a savage guitarist. And then I knew when I actually started talking to him, uh, I did the podcast with him and Steve from Iona Dead Cult. Mm-hmm. And I got on well, really well with the two of them. So when I found out he was a nice guy, one of the nicest guys actually, I asked him initially to play on the Slayer thing. And then when I saw him playing the Slayer stuff, we, I was just like, oh, well, yeah, I... You know, and then I happened. I needed a, yeah. <laughs> then I happened. I needed a guitarist, and yeah, he's he's there now. So the, the point that I so there you go. I didn't really know him personally, but I knew of his ability. Mm-hmm. So that's why he, he that's how he came into the fold. And as I said, he's a, an amazing guitarist. You know, he's on. Just check out Instagram, uh, Eddie Baby. I think that's his handle. Is uh, E D D Y B A B Y, and he plays amazing stuff blues solos he does a lot of, he started playing slayer stuff when i started mentioning to him about the slayer um project so you'll see him playing a lot of slayer on that as well so nice i love that i love that and that's it it's all you know it's a passion and you know you can always you can always go back to different projects and stuff like that which is really cool about it you know what i mean life's never yeah. too short to do anything that you want to do so that would be um but definitely, I would agree with you just from experience as well. Um, not always good experiences, but some great experiences also with, with the people that you probably don't work well with. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's all part of the journey. But um, absolutely. I suppose we can stay on music a little bit because um, we 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 had a because this is just such a random discussion and it's always the way it works with us. <laughs> I um I had watched a bit of Slayer today funnily enough before i had actually said that to you i was just kind of i was in a music kind of time like if you're a metallica fan people will notice if you if you watch one video on youtube of metallica them along with jim Cornette must have the best uh the best kind of um i suppose pr teams slash tag hashtag marketing teams because literally that's all that fills up your video feed and your suggestions oh have you seen this have you seen this so I was on a bit of Metallica yeah. buzz and I was watching different Metallica stuff and it's actually great to see what Metallica have been doing um, outside of the band over the last year or two. Um, you know, every country they've been going to, they've been donating money out of their own pocket to the That's homeless right. uh, cultures, which yeah. I think should be. Because for all the shit that Metallica always get from the real metal fans, you know, you know, the, you know who you are. You're probably listening to my show and you know that you've sat there and you've done that as well. I'm not going to judge you, but you know Metallica are good. You just, they, they intimidate you. That's what it is. Um, but they're good guys, obviously, and you can see that. Um, you know, James obviously coming back from, you know, rehab again and the brink. Great yeah. to see him looking well again. Um, they done this shit on Howard Stern, which I thought was really cool. Playing a couple cool, of songs. Yeah. It was, it was really cool and it was great. James looks 
healthy again too. But um, they've done a lot of great stuff, like uh, humane work and all outside of the stuff. They're they're donating stuff to the frontline staff and all. Still, they have this Metallica. Uh, foundation going for all that so i mean they don't have to do this thing at this stage of life but they do but um i'm kind of segueing there just to big up metallica there because sometimes they get a lot of hate but not too much anymore to be fair not too much no and the dozen they won't not in the dozen no hell no hell no um but something popped up which i showed you which was kind of really cool to see it was um a gig there from last year with max cavalera and igor back together Igor, Igor, yeah. whatever way you want to pronounce it. Cavalera conspiracy. That's, that's, I think though, so, I think so, it. yeah. But um, playing obviously all of their own songs, which is just crazy that they can't even be called Sepultura yet. It was their band, like. <laughs> um, but it's. Uh, I mean, they they are the two that matters. Let's be fair. Um, no disrespect to the others, but they are the two the two com- key components, I suppose. Because, but I forgot. Yeah. You kind of forget how good Sepultura were, especially early days, and how good Max Cavalera is in terms of just his stage presence, that growl, you know, yeah, the broken yeah. English. But good Lord, how good is Igor as well? Igor, Igor. I can never pronounce it right. I mean, the Brazilians will tell me. Igor, Igor. Igor, yeah. Dude, that man gets lost in the conversation with drummers sometimes. I'll tell you what I think there, right? Um, there's a couple of reasons I think why he gets lost in the conversation. One is a few, not a few years after um, his brother left Sepultura, he kind of lost his skill a little bit. He got very sloppy, very, very sloppy, you know? And um, then when he left Sepultura himself, they got in, um, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of Eli Casagrande. Yes, yeah. Now, he is... By far, and this is no slight on on Igor, he is by far a superior drummer, right? And he kicks serious ass. So I reckon with those two, you know, those two things, that's probably, now I've seen Igor since, yeah, he's back to himself. Yeah, he's upped his game, obviously, because yeah. of that, yeah. Yeah, but I reckon that's why, because people see Eli now, and he's kicking ass on Igor's drum fills, you know what I mean? So... But yeah, he is. He's he he's a great fucking drummer. Like, that begs you know, the this... question, though. That begs the question, though. There'll always be someone, right, that can come in, and probably do something a little bit better than what you've created. But mm-hmm. there's a difference. You created it, do you know, and that's, it's the innovation that I like. I mean, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of singers and all that have come along and probably whipped Phil Anselmo's ass on his own vocals because they might mm-hmm. have technically a better voice or whatever, but they didn't create that. And I think one thing okay, I'll, I'll give you a little, I'll give you a little, uh, a little thing for that. Often copied, never equaled. Yeah, often duplicated, and uh, never, whatever comes after that. People are probably screaming at the, screaming in their earphones now, going, "You know the fucking saying." But uh, yeah, what th- what we're saying is, yeah, the original is always going to be the best. And I think, um, I think it's really cool. And I think that's, I think the reason I got into that little nostalgia buzz was because. Um, we're going to move on, obviously, now to uh, Metallica and the Big Four because we actually never talked about this. We did at the time, but we never talked about it on a podcast. Again, all of this stuff was popping up and there was a little documentary about it and the reunion and the Big Four and all that. Um, but what was amazing to see, man, one of the best moments, because I'm not the biggest Megadeth fan in the world. I appreciate them. Um, Metallica appreciates you. 
<laughs> Metallica appreciates you. I felt like happy. I appreciate them. No, but I do. I do appreciate obviously Dave Mustaine as an amazing guitar player. Not so much vocally. I'm not a big fan of his vocals, but I get. Yeah. I get why people like and love Megadeth. So that's just my opinion. It's not my vocal style or or taste. That's all that is. That's an opinion. It's not a. It's not a judgment. Um. But what was amazing to see was that first night of Dave Mustaine coming out and hugging the four boys in Metallica. And you could tell it was real love too and shredding on Am I Evil. And then I saw another video then where he was actually playing proper lead on Phantom Lord, uh, which is from Kill 'Em All. And, oh, dude, it it was just something that was kind of inspiring a little bit and just good to see. And then obviously Dave, a couple of years after that, had his obviously had cancer and, He's come back from that now. Thank, thank God. Yeah, thankfully, um, yeah. And um, but it's those moments that you see, and you kind of go, "Wow, I love seeing this." It's like everyone has this vision of Kerry King that he's this this big, nasty, angry man who just, you know, you know, I suppose puts uh, sacrifices children or something in his basement. <laughs> but um, he's actually quite a sweetheart, and you know, a lot of the times when you see him kind of ripping on Metallica back in the day saying ah dead magnetic ah it's a good try but not good enough that's just him mm. taking the piss that's a sense of humor yeah they're all friends now they're, they're all, all friends. really good friends do you know and that's that's the great thing um for you what was it like seeing that I mean Anthrax I'm not a big Anthrax fan a because I'm not a fan of Scott Ian because I think Scott Ian's a little pussy to be honest with you uh along with Mike Flynn because as soon as as soon as this whole uh SJW scene came on our boy uh, good friend of the show, uh, Phil Anselmo. Um, he got thrown under the bus by the likes of these people just to make themselves look cool. Um, and I didn't appreciate Leave that. Them so, to it. Yeah, so he, he's he's well able for himself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just like to I like to throw that in there. But look, Scotty, you know, I appreciate their I appreciate their uh, appreciate their music and their talents. I just think he's I think he's a clown. But anyway, um, well. I thought it was when I saw. I don't know if you went to the cinema when they showed the. I couldn't get a ticket, believe it or not. I couldn't even get a ticket for it. Yeah, so that that bummed me out. It was yeah. I went and it was funny. It was it was weird going to like a a gig in the in the Savoy, you know, and because it was live on that big screen. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like and for like it's so funny because people were cheering for bands, certain bands and. You know, and it was like was a wrestling show. It was like a wrestling yeah, show, yeah. Kind of. I was like, "Come on, the Slayer! Come on, show them what it's, how it's done!" You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and it was it was cool to see the big four, as they say, and doing something like that. You know, and then like at the end where they all get up on stage, I think I think the only one from Slayer got up that got up on stage with them all was Dave Lombardo because he's just he he's just the coolest anyway. You yeah, know. Lombardo got up all right, um, and him yeah. and him and uh, him and Lars are pretty good friends anyway. Um, yeah, Lars is another guy that falls into that line of um of the Kerry King syndrome that people think he's some sort of dickhead or and and I think it 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 stems from the fact that they sued Napster, which, in my honest opinion, they were a hundred percent right to do. Looking back on it, I think a lot of people that were giving out about that at the time now realize that it probably was the right call because look at the world yeah. now and, um. At the time, I think we even had the conversation similar to at the time that we were kind of on on his side for that as well. I think you were too. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
you know, it wasn't it was it was about protecting all artists, not just them. So people had this vision yeah. that Lars was this guy trying to take your free shit. Yeah, absolutely, because you know it's not yours it's art and it should be it should be treated as such um i think people are starting to appreciate that now more and more as we see um we yeah, see it's, it has it's not it hasn't um destroyed their legacy we'll say yeah 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 and i think what what i was going to say to you there as well i think with with the revival of uh of vinyl um which is crazy man i think vinyl had like a a surge in the last i want to say I actually saw, I think I saw Heffield on Joe Rogan talking about this or somebody. Apparently, there was like a 97% rise in the last two years in sales of, of vinyl than previous years. So, wow. Um, I can't believe it. Yeah. It's all across the board. So, um, And vinyl's super cheap to make. Like bands can actually make that themselves. You know what I mean? Like bands that have a bit of capital behind them. I mean, like, yeah, because you know. it's, I mean, if you're a, a local, it's. Like like that, just to give you the other side of the coin is like I mean obviously like we've had we've had many people kind of requesting two thousand old stuff on vinyl, but it's just not feasible when yeah. you don't have a lot of money or you know like if you if you've a lot of kids that maybe don't have kind of families or whatever you know what I mean sure and they can they can they can get a loan and they can do that but like for us for just for us for example like I mean we can't. Um, afford to get a run of I don't know, say fifty or hundred LPs as yeah. much as we would love to. We would love to. I'd love nothing better than to see the first album on a on LP. I'd be you one know, of the but, first people purchasing it from you too. Yeah, because I uh, even yeah. even just for and I think that's where I don't mean to cut across you. I suppose I, I probably should have bit of put a bit of context on that there. Um, what I mean was there, if you look at Metallica, for example, like they, they bought their own presser machines, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they can run them Best now. way to do it. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. So for bands like that are that are full-time professional bands that have made a bit of money, that's definitely something that um, they should invest in, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you can well, literally that's, run that's, that that's, on your own that, terms. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, what would you say, constructive investment? Like, Very know, much so. Very much so. Know, no, that's, that's what that is. I mean, something like that, is definitely if you have the capital to do something like that, yeah, and you have creative people in your we'll say organization, say, um, yeah, absolutely, get stuff like that, you know. But it's very hard for like smaller bands, so like, of course, Metallica will be able to do that. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, know, Metallica right? are probably one of the, <laughs> Metallica are probably the biggest band on the one of the biggest bands on the planet. But yeah, I thought, so. I suppose, like, because there is something. I can see the surge in that as well because uh, obviously we're a bit we're a bit more old school than a lot of our younger listeners here and um for the younger listeners that are getting back into vinyl I think it's great I think it's the same yeah. I think it's the same as as I love seeing bookshops still open and still you know, and still surviving because books, I mean yeah. but it's great to see people still reading books and stuff it's still one of the best things but it's like there's something amazing about even a CD. A CD is like still good because you still get the artwork and you you know because you, you yeah. But that is, that is literally like we you, we talked about this uh, on the show with Phil and Selmo that time actually, and he was saying like you know it's getting the physical copy, you know holding the yeah. artwork in it. There's a lot that goes into. I don't know. We can probably both agree here that you know we're probably just. What have we got? Generation Y now. I think that's what they call them. So they're probably used to Spotify and used to their iTunes, and that's what they've yeah. been brought up with. So yeah, that's absolutely yeah. fine. But there's going to be a lot of people on this show that will remember actually 
counting down the days to when you know an album was coming out you know you'd 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 read it in kerrang you'd read it in raw magazine raw yeah. metal for whoever, whoever's old enough to remember raw metal believe it or not before it was a wrestling tv show um <laughs> and obviously metal hammer and all that stuff and you'd get the little sample cds in metal hammer at the end and you'd hear one yeah. song i remember um when the album um was it god hate us all came out and it uh, there was a sample track of new fate uh, yeah. it was the only song on the on the on this little CD that Metal Hammer gave me that I even liked I was like fuck all these other bands and I heard New Faith and I was like no fuck when you hear the end of it it was like what the fuck yeah. you know it's just a miracle pray for life pray for death isn't that the, yeah, the lyrics yeah. and um, I was like boom I'm sold like this is coming out next week I'm down there and I went down in Bray to the small local um CD shop Golden Discs it was called and uh yeah, they were like, oh, well, we wouldn't get an album in like that. And I was like, well, could you? And they were like, well, yeah, we can order it in for you. And I was like, grand. Boom. Paid an extra, like, five euro, five pound, whatever it was. CD in the hand. But why don't you kind of explain a little bit of what it was like as well? Wasn't there something really special about holding a piece of art in your hand? Like, Because it was like your whole day was planned around it. It's like a brand new game, I guess, for kids nowadays, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I... <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <coughs> so supposed to give to give it an idea of when <clears throat> Divine Intervention came out in '94, and I was like, well, I had seen, I had seen ideas like you know the artwork and that kind of stuff. And of course, we didn't have it, the proper internet at that stage. And you probably just turned so, around twenty one at that time, didn't you? Twenty four? No, I was sixteen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so I went into Sound Cellar on the day it came out, and where you, uh, like, I don't know, it was loads of people in, but Tommy had kept me a copy. Like he was always going like that Tommy toy in Sound Cellar, you know. Sound Cellar for anybody still, listening here, yeah. just to give them a little bit of a backtrack. It was like. Uh, in Dublin City, right, it's right near where the Molly Malone statue used to be for any kind of foreign listeners here that may have been over in the past. Just at the tail end of Grafton Street, right at the corner, there's a little subway shop. And it's a small subway, right? I think it was like the smallest, yeah. like the first one probably actually. And then... First one in Dublin, yeah. And why don't you explain it then? There was a tiny little, <laughs> tiny little dingy a, cellar. A dingy little stairway down yeah. that is absolutely covered in gig posters and album posters from gigs from here and uh, everything you walk down the stairs the old luminous uh, the old luminous uh, Metallica sign yeah well yeah oh man yeah yeah and then you go down and it's this tiny little room and literally it's tiny tiny but he had everything you could you could want he had <laughs> everything it was he the has. best still going still going he has everything you could want so. yeah it's amazing that's where I, I so yeah, I got the thing in hand and I was like, oh wow, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing, you know? And, um, excuse me, when I got my own, uh, then when I proceeded to get my own albums, you know, made, that was even more exciting. To go down and you see know? your own product in, in your favourite shop, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, or, you know, like, it's just, even seeing someone wearing a t-shirt with, my band on it or whatever like that that kind of stuff it's it's great you know um but in terms of yeah it's always great to have a physical copy of something you know and that's now the 
it's it's the conundrum you're at nowadays as i say if you don't have a lot of money do you just go the digital route or do you do you do some sort of cd or the big thing again now is tapes which i can't understand for love no money no cassette tapes no you know i did like them back in the day i mean but that's just, all we had. That's yeah, all we had back then. That's all we had. Like, because you couldn't really go around with a vinyl player in your pocket. No. Listening to music no, on I the can, bus. I, I, no, and I can understand the beauty of uh, a big LP. You know, like the, oh. the artwork is big. There's the, the sleeve with the notes on it and the, you know, all of maybe lyrics, that kind of stuff. It was, like, no, believe it or not, Ian, I am not a huge vinyl fan, oh. to believe Keep talking there, yeah. What I, what I mean by that is I don't have an awful lot of vinyl in my kind of small collection because I don't know, it just it wasn't uh, feasible for me at the time to uh, to you know collect a lot of stuff like that. And then I went down other collection routes like figures and uh, I have a lot of CDs now, but I, mean, I never had a lot of uh, uh, records, believe it or not. Wow, Fleetwood Mac, very nice. Rumors. You got a uh, got, got this stuff at Christmas. Oh, deadly! See, it's still got the old. I feel like uh, Nigel Tufton. See, it's still got the old tagger on it. Never even played it. <laughs> <laughs> More <laughs> ghostings. Savage. Uh, got this. Came with it too. The original. Oh, lovely. Original. Lovely. Uh, Mister uh, Mister uh, McGuinness would love that. And it came with all yeah. this kind of rare stuff. Just really, really rare stuff. Um, lovely goods really kind of rare kind of a cool some good nice mix there cool yeah just real nice and this to throw in as well <laughs> so what i've been showing carl there was my little collection of a little collection of vinyl that i got handed at christmas um from my uh my my better half and my uh, and my mother like so my mother got me uh, this really cool neat little um Neat little LP player, little little machine, old school, um, and a little uh, a nice little crafty box to put it into. Nice little one of those old steel gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just when you were talking about vinyl there, I was like, shit, I remember I have all this stuff, and it's just when you hold it, I I don't know what you mean when you hold a physical thing in your pocket. I think because we're comic book fans as well, it's kind of the same. How many comic yeah. books did we probably buy back in the day and never even read? Didn't even like it, but we liked the cover. And it was new. I was look, I was lucky in a sense because uh, I worked in Forbidden Planet, and what I used to do was I, on my break, I used to get a, take a, uh, a you know like a, a comic every day. So I read nearly every kind of uh, graphic novel that I wanted to read. So I didn't even have to buy them. When you said that, when <laughs> you said the V there, I was a bit unsure what you were going to say. I used to take a, uh, I was like, what a Viagra <laughs> in work. <laughs> No, that happens uh, if you're 60 and you're working in a comic book shop. <laughs> um, no, it's yeah, that, that was really cool. It was actually funny. They were the sort of places that were your dream jobs as a kid, like a comic book shop or like a record shop. You know what I mean? I don't know how I still, many... I, I, I still haven't enjoyed a job since I was in there. No, and I wouldn't imagine yeah, no. so. I mean, I, I remember I, I was always trying to get in there. I didn't know you at the time. It's a pity because if I'd have known you at the time, I'd have had a foot in. Um, yeah. But I didn't. And, and they're the sort of jobs you have to know people and whatnot. But uh, it was the same with HMV, like, which is the big, you know, HMV was the big kind of record store. It was always, 
they're my dream jobs coming out of school. That's how I want to make me money, you know, going home. But uh, it's funny how, <laughs> how the world changes a little bit. They still yeah. are. They still are good jobs for people, though. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. We said we're going to have a bit of fun um, with this, and we, we kind of just do it on the fly because every time we talk, we always have a top 10 list. And we, we thought we'd, yeah. And there's usually about 20 of them. There's 20 t- top 20 lists, so... <laughs> uh, we said we'd do something we've done something similar before when we had the when we had the four of us all the vocalists together and we done a big show that's and, right yeah and cool up but we'll we'll do we'll do one now maybe a little refresher on the flight and we'll write down and see who we miss out but why don't we do uh will we start with with top 10 albums of all time or will we start with top 10 vocalists of all time because we vocalists, said we'd do it too vocalists. we'll start with vocalists yeah well yeah. you're the guest so we, we, <laughs> you know, on the boss Guest of honor always goes first. You're you're no more a guest anymore. It's like when you when you're in a house all the time, isn't it? You you don't become a guest. You become a piece of a piece of the culture. Piece of the culture, yeah. So um yeah, why don't you go narrow it down, mix it whatever way you want. Right. Well, as I, I as I do on my um podcast, I always look for top five albums, but in no particular order. Yeah. So, uh, is this? All all vocalists or is it? Like yeah, yeah, you can mix it, and I'm the same. I don't do any particular order because that can that can change okay. the next day, can't it? Like you know. Right, so um, it, it's obviously going to be mainly metal vocalists, but we'll go like this. Okay. Um, Kate Bush. I love it. Off the bat. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, flip Nat King Cole. Nice. Uh, George Michael. <laughs> it's some mix, isn't it? I love that. Uh, who else do I love? Um, uh, Lane Staley. Chris Cornell. That's six. Um, Ronnie James Dio. Oh, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Um, Henry Rollins. And Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison? That's 10. You like Jim Morrison, yeah? I do. Now, you're probably saying, but why isn't Tom Roy in there? Tom no, Roy. I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, but some people might be Someone saying Someone will be. This is, this is all my like all-round favourites, you know? So, oh, that may have influenced me or, you know, gotten me through shit. And the Slayer have gotten me through a lot of stuff, but... There's particular reasons for each of those people in that list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I could very easily do a 20, but I'm not going to do one. You can do a 20, and there's always, as as with these lists, it's always subject to change, you know what I mean? Depending well, on then the you year. have, you have uh, Mike Patton, you have um, James Hetfield, you have Tom Arroyo, you have Kirk Weinstein, Phil Anselmo. Here's another five straight away. Yeah. You know, well, I'll give you mine then. 50. Maybe mine, yes, some of mine. Might. So, I went with uh, Cindy Lauper. Uh, oh, well, yeah, Cindy Lauper, one of my favorite vocalists ever. Anyone wants to question that has obviously never heard of Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper sing. Um, and the style that she created that Madonna ripped off, also. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. And um, plus, she was involved in rock and wrestling. How can I not want, want Cindy Lauper there? You know, she sings on, on Real American, for God's sakes. Yeah. What more do you want? That was a little known fact to a lot of people, believe it or not. The girl, the female that sings in the background in Real American, Name Girl, that's Cindy. Yeah. 
That's Cindy Lauper. So. Well, had she got? Wasn't she friends with someone, Lou Albano, or was it Lou Albano? She was. Yeah, there? she had. She had got in, in contact with them. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, she was friends with them, but she was part of that whole MTV rock and wrestling thing, and really helped get wrestling on yeah. the map worldwide. So, but uh, but also a hell of a singer, as I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I too like Kate Bush as well, but it was difficult for me to put down. It's the same with Sinead O'Connor. Just a few honourable female singer mentions. Big fan of Sinead O'Connor singing. Um, you know, Kate Bush, Tori Amos, um, Dolores O'Riordan. A lot of these great female singers I'm a big fan of. Um, Carpenters. Love that lady singing. Um, yeah, lots of them. Diana Ross, yeah. man. Diana Ross, hell of a singer back in the day too. Aretha, yeah. Aretha, the queen. Um, but Cindy makes my list. Um, Freddie Mercury makes my list too. I think you'd have to. Um, Little Richard is on my list. Nice. Little Richard, when I really start trying to learn it to sing, as you remember, because you were part of that journey. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to a lot. If you can recall, I listened to a lot of the New Orleans-based um, Black Soul and, and, and um, blues singers and... Little Richard yeah. was one of them, um, along with you know, along with Chuck Berry and stuff like that. They were two of my biggest influences. But um, Little Richard makes the cut. Phil Anselmo, obviously, he's my friend nowadays. Yeah. Ha ha, and not <laughs> yours, people. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, Bruce Dickinson, as you know, he was always going to make the list. Yes. Bruce Dickinson yes. is one of my absolute inspirations. He is spectacular. He's spectacular. He's one of my inspirations, you know, in and outside of music. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan in of Bruce. Life, yeah. yeah, in life. Um, Bruce Springsteen. So the two Bruces falling into line there. Big fan of Bruce Springsteen, the boss. Um, his music's been with me, Jesus, for a long time now. Um, yeah. Ozzy. Obviously, you knew that was going to be a be one that was there. You'll know the next one that's in as well, Paul Stanley. Yeah. I hear you, people. Stevie Nicks. It's the second nice. female vocalist that gets in there for me. Um, big fan of Stevie Nicks. And then I do have James Heffield there. I had to put James Heffield in too. So, Lovely. Uh, that's my... They're both nice two varied mix uh, uh, top tens, aren't they? Yeah, and you can kind of tell where we come from uh, musically, yeah. can't you? Do you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. p- you know, people expect this. Uh, I mean, Paul McCartney would have been hard for me not to put in there as well. Um, Imagine a kid nowadays saying, like, "How the hell is that thing called?" You, you oh know? hell yeah, yeah, man! Like, like Louis Armstrong. What's he? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, Little Richard. Who is Little Richard? Bamboo. You know that one. Yeah. So pretty cool lists. So what we'll do is we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll do top ten albums because that one probably a little bit trickier. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably a little bit trickier, but and we are back. Um, myself, hey. Ian the Dynamo Kelly, and my very very special guest, as always, Mister Carl King. Hey, hey, brother. Just thought hey, I'd do the old radio voice there. Hello, you're <laughs> listening to Dynamo FM. I am your host, Ian the Dynamo Kelly, <laughs> and that was the voice of Carl King. Uh, hey. <laughs> so we're gonna get into uh, this one, which is a tricky one for me because Colin and we said we do this on the fly, so we don't have anything written down here. Mm. Um, I kind of cheated on the last one because when you were giving out your top ten, I was kind of writing them real quick. <laughs> but uh, I'm putting the pen down now for the ten albums because that's 
that's a different one uh, altogether. Mm. And it's because yeah. it, these are ones that we're probably just going to go. These won't be definitive. Like you can't put like if we had a Wikipedia page, if we were cool and famous enough, like <laughs> it, you'd probably be putting these down. But, uh, you know, they are subject to change. Definitely. Mm. So, Carol, once again, you, you can go first on this one. Top 10 albums. Again, oh, yeah. no particular order. Just No. The only one that is definitely in order is my, the fourth one, which is uh, The Kick Inside by Kate Bush, which is her debut album. Nice. It's, oh, there's so much on that album. That if you like so female stuff. vocalists, guys and girls out there, old school female vocalists, I would highly recommend that, actually. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, um, The End of Silence by... Uh, Henry Rollins which is Rollins Band yep. uh, Dort by Alison Chains that's three nice um, Sell to Heaven by Slayer Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer Master of Puppets by Metallica uh, that's six isn't it that's yeah. five isn't it no six that six is six yeah it is yeah. Uh, Welcome to My Nightmare by Alice Cooper oh nice which you probably wouldn't expect on that one. I like that. Um, who else do I like? Uh, or do, do I like Super Unknown by Soundgarden, which is eight. Um, again, I'm probably forgetting loads, you know. I love, actually, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son by Iron Maiden. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And um, probably Paranoid by Black Sabbath. That's Paranoid ten. would be your favourite one, yeah? Out of the, the, the... I, think, I think so, yeah. I love, you see what, I love Master Reality as well, but I just love every nearly every song on Paranoid as a winner, you know? Okay, I like that. To, over to you. Um, in no particular order, uh, Who's Next by The Who? Um, one of my favourite albums. Baba O'Reilly's mm-hmm. on that album too, so... Um, do, 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 Revolver by The Beatles. Um, it's one, nice. of my, one of my favorite Beatles albums too. Um, not one of the probably not one of the, one of the ones that probably people would expect most of the time. The White Album and Abbey Road and all they're all great, but that would be that would okay. be my one. Um, so that's two. Um, Peace of Mind by Iron Maiden. Is three. Um, Power Slave by Iron Maiden is four. Um, bu- 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 boom. I would say when the more I go back on the Metallica deal, I would say I'd probably say kill them all, just just because it's crazy yeah. that it was nineteen eighty three and I keep going back to it and I can't skip a song, um. So that's kind of where my head's at at the moment, um. But 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 boom! I would say Destroyer from Kiss nice. is six, um. Greetings from Asbury Park, which is seven, which is Bruce Springsteen. It's one yeah. of the very, very first albums, actually. Um, do, 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 do. The Joshua Tree from U2, without a doubt, 1987. I think that's. I think you were in, even in agreement on that one, that that's one of the most yeah. epic albums of all time. Absolutely. Um, let me think. I would probably have to put Vulgar Display of Power in there. Yeah, and that's annoying. That's nine. And number ten, who gets the final spot? I think I would probably I would probably go with Sabotage or Sabbath. Nice, nice. I'm, the reason I asked you about your and it was probably to be a little bit different to your list too, because to be honest with you, um they are the two albums, Paranoid and Sabotage are the two 
for me that yeah. like you know they're all amazing but I think they are the yeah. two that you could flip a coin I think on those two yeah. albums and, and do you know what's funny um, I actually forgot one of my actual favourite albums so we'll replace something no like no you this. can extend it you can have a substitution <laughs> you, right. you can have you can have a so uh, it was LA Woman by the Doors I can't believe we forgot that you know what's crazy? I was never a Mad Doors fan, but the the funny thing oh, about do you know the funny thing about it is though, I know enough, and I'm, you know, I've literally had all the Doors albums, had all of them. Yeah. I actually went into a crazy buzz of getting their stuff, because, unlike nowadays when people just say, "Oh, that shit" or "That sucks," I actually went and researched it. It's like when people yeah. used to, it's like the people used to bash the Bible, you know. Um, or, or like judge people for being religious yeah. you know and they still judge people for being religious well if you're going to go at everything against religious people at least know what the bible says then and then disagree yeah. with it you know what I mean exactly. and I think yeah, it's do the your same homework. yeah do your homework and I think it's the same for music I like some Doors songs don't get me wrong um, I really do um, I'm just not a major fan I'd be more yeah, of, yeah, yeah. everyone has their own exactly everyone has their own opinion then, I'm man. a deep purple guy like for example Everyone talks Led Zeppelin. Give me Deep Purple and Leonard Skinner before Led Zeppelin any day. Yeah, that's, I'm a that's southern fair. man, like, you know. <laughs> it's like me. With, it's like me with the um, with the the grunge bands. I can't stand Nirvana and I can't stand Pearl Jam. Yeah, but you but appreciate them. Soundgarden. Oh yeah, yeah. but I, like Alice in Chains and, and Soundgarden for me were the boys, you know. Always were. And it's crazy because I was a I was a Pearl Jam guy to start off with. I still am a Pearl Jam fan. I just old school Pearl Jam. Um, yeah. But and I mean, I think Pearl Jam are obviously have to be respected because they're the last ones still going. You know, and they've stood the test of time, and they're you know they've obviously got yeah. fanfare, and that's cool to see. It's always cool to see, you know, bands like that continue on. It's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Because we mentioned some, uh, you know, we mentioned some some great female artists there actually, um, in the likes of. Stevie Nicks and Kate Bush. I, I think I mentioned Sinead O'Connor and yeah. um, Cindy Lauper. You know, when you look at the most, and no disrespect, but you look at the most overrated artists, and I do that in inverted commas, <laughs> like Lady Gaga, for example, today. Oh, such an artist. What? Man, her whole shtick has been stolen from Madonna and, and Cindy Lauper and people like this. Yes, the girl can sing. Amazing vocal, amazing voice. Um, great piano player, but like, dude, like you, you're taking your whole stick from the likes of David Bowie and, like, a your name is Gaga, so you've you've taken that from Radio Gaga from Queen because that was your favorite Prince. band. College yourself a lady because you're into some sort of witchcraft, which is quite obvious. Hanging around with a Marina Abramovich, and <laughs> and then like you know the latest song I heard on the radio, and this is why I bring it up. The latest song it's called like Rain on Me or something, and she's like Rain on me straight away boom madonna vogue yeah you know what i mean vogue, and yeah. it's like dude don't come don't come across as like this this innovative empowered female creating new t- new waves for the female generation no you're you're good at what you do fair enough to an extent but you're not a yeah like the, women women were much better back then in terms of artists, weren't they? And again, I'm not, I'm not yeah. knocking women of today or saying there's nothing wrong with them. I'm just saying when it came to, the, I think to being real, what could, real well, artists. What we could say there Ian, is, artists in general were better back then. That's fair. That's also fair. What I mean by that is, <coughs> I mean we could do a whole podcast about this topic. Mm. 
there is no real like you know the popular music that's out that sells millions and millions is aimed at people who have a, a kind of a and this is probably going to sound really bad but Say I don't it mean though. it to be they have a brain scan like you know like a, like a what would you say like the, the, there's the brain of a goldfish would say you know like the, the, it, it does them for five seconds and then they're on to the next crappy sounding thing that's I suppose like, the fairest way the fairest way to say it that you're trying to articulate it without being offensive to people it's not like you're saying these people have low IQ but what you're saying no, is that no. they it, they have a low music IQ would be the best way of saying it possibly I mean yeah I, I suppose look I think that's music. fair if anyone wants to get offended although anyone will get offended by that in these days Carl so mm, well I mean anybody like music is there for a lot of different reasons Um. Me personally, I don't like hearing young ones talking about sex all the time. Oh, Cardi B, Cardi B, this is the greatest That's one. That's the one. Cardi Same B, WAP, Wet Ass Pussy. Um, so this is what our kids are listening the, to, Wet Ass Pussy. When you get off this in, um, look up uh, Gilbert Gottfried reading the lyrics from that song. <laughs> just, just I can only those, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> he says it with a pussy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But this one, this one is putting up videos every day on Instagram saying, hey, y'all motherfuckers, y'all right. Like, this is on Instagram, so, like, there's no watershed on Instagram. And she's yeah. going, how y'all motherfucking pimps be doing and all this. And you're like, kids are listening to this. Like, this, so this is a role model. And and this is what the, the Democrats in America are now going with as their, their poster girl because she interviewed Joe Biden. Like, yeah. You know, Sleepy Joe, Creepy Joe, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> all of the Joe above, Bob. all of the above. Yeah. Um, and like, well, that, that, that's what I'm getting, getting at. Is, um, do you want to, here's a funny one. Do you reckon Joe Biden listens to Cardi B when he's at home? Hell no. They listen <laughs> yeah, to the, they are listening to that country music, right? Yeah. Oh, we went down on the farm. I'm sure there's actually some very derogatory, uh, Music that they like um, towards David Allen Cole. Yeah, I wouldn't say the music they listened to were very friendly to people like Cardi B uh, no. <laughs> back then. But anyway, I digress. Let's, let's take a knee. Let's I don't. Do yeah, let's take a knee. Come on, everyone, just take a knee for. <laughs> yeah, Black Lives Matter, but only in America, not not to the nine million slaves that are over in Africa. Yeah, wake <laughs> up, people. But anyway. We move on. Actually, we were going to uh, we were going to obviously talk about a pretty pretty amazing gig. Obviously, that happened uh, last week. Last week, um, yeah. With our boys, and we say our boys, mutual friends. Um, obviously, Philip Peach and Selmo and Kirk Hulk Blood. Kirk Winston. Kirk Winston. Uh, <laughs> Hulk Blood, and it was brought back yes. too. Um, uh, yeah, it was just. I only showed I only I only showed Arlene that today. Oh. Yeah. She loved it because, like, she obviously would know Hulkblood. Like, you know, yeah, of course. Kerry Old like, school. Kerry, yeah. was looking at, Kerry was looking at it and she was just like, What okay. is going on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what we're talking about is the, the live stream of Down's 25 year throwdown. Was that what they called it? Yeah, basically the anniversary, I suppose, of Noah's the, the first, the album, first the album, debut album, yeah. Yeah, which was. Uh, yeah, it was incredible. Spectacular. Wasn't it? Yeah, it really Spectacular. was. It really was. And let's let me get this out here for us because every, you're like everyone knows you as a, a Phil and Samo fan, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. I'm gonna say it now. I think that was the best I've heard Phil and Samo in over twenty five years. 
that was and I was delighted because yeah we know he puts his foot in his mouth all the time right but I think I genuinely some, some say some say I genuinely think he's not a bad guy and it was almost like a, a victory I suppose you could say um, at that gig was they were all on flying form mm-hmm. and to see him being able to sing as I said to you the other night he was able to sing jail he hasn't been able to sing that in years years yeah so for all like as you always say for all the haters out there you just can you know suck a cock because he did it he did an impeccable job and i implore anybody who doesn't believe us to check it out because you can you can even like someone put it up the whole thing on youtube and if that's the only way you get to see it look at it because it's worth looking at every song is top notch every song is top notch yeah I I kind of yeah I concur. I don't think I can add anything to that other than kind of applaud all of your statements. Obviously, I uh, think myself and yourself are very proud uh, of the of the lads for, because, like you say, we're we're friends with a couple of the boys, you know. Yeah. So here was yeah, uh, including including Jimmy Jimmy Bauer, obviously on drums yeah. as well. Looks great. Yeah. yeah. Um, gave shot him. And I was I was I'm, I'm very proud of it. even though I know Pat wasn't Pat Bruders wasn't the original bass player. That was Todd. Uh, I don't know why Todd wasn't playing on that, but um, I have. I didn't. I'm again. I'm friends with him. I didn't ask him, and I don't think I will. No, but, <laughs> no. Um, but to see Pat Bruders playing still Wick down because Pat Bruders, when I was when myself and Arlene and Larry were hanging out with with Crowbar a few year, a good few years ago now, he was this one of the nicest guys that we think we've ever met, and he kept in contact with us, you know, and. To see him playing still with down and kicking serious ass, I think I was saying it to you the other night. I'm delighted he even doing the gig and not Rex. But that's just that's just my opinion, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just great to see them all uh, in there. I think that could be the way forward with gigs is live streams, man. Well, for the immediate future, yeah. Like, I mean, once again, yeah. obviously, Phil and his boys knocking it out of the park. We're coming up with something a little bit different as well. Um, really appreciated the um, the homage to the uh, to the local Native American tribes, um, of New Orleans, who obviously, pretty much helped build that city. Well, I mean, it was theirs anyway. But uh, you know, yeah. during the midst of all this Black Lives Matter and the uh, the kind of Marxism and stuff that's going on in the states, where it's all political. Um, and that's no offense to black lives. Obviously, I think anybody that doesn't think of black lives matter should probably be. I don't know, whatever they should just put them should somewhere. Yeah, just get, get out. out, get out of life. Like, um, you know, we're, we're just in case anyone was listening to this show and thought we were, <laughs> we were two little racists. It's quite no, could, no. couldn't be further from the truth. It's actually quite the opposite. Um, we believe <laughs> that we should all be all be together and 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 fighting against these politicians that quite clearly don't give a shit about you and I know of a lot of American listeners here yeah. and the left seem to only care about you and the right too don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not just Mr. Donald Trump here um <laughs> but I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in NOLA terms y'all care too much about your politicians you just put them up on a pedestal way too high and idolize them as if they have your best interests at heart newsflash they don't. They don't. And uh, <laughs> Nola is a perfect example of that because in, in Nola's time of need um, during Katrina, all those people had to 
come together and fight for themselves. And we know this from first hand, you know, yeah. speaking with the likes of the people that you've just mentioned and whatnot. Yeah, and um, a few other friends of ours. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, a lot yeah. of friends over in NOLA, both of us mutually, both mutual friends and, and obviously separate That's, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought it was a really, really cool idea that they had the, the Hamas, the little Native Americans there who, who have never been given anything, anything. Mm. Um, and I don't see anything about Native American lives mattering or anything like that. Um, and I just wanted to say, when I mentioned Black Lives Matter, only in America. I meant Black Lives Matter only in America on election year because there's a there's a there's stats that came out today that there's eight eight point eight million now those figures fluctuate still eight point eight million slaves in Africa. Now you tell me, Mr George Soros and all these people that are funding these Marxist movements just to create their agenda, when are people gonna start waking up and questioning what about them lives over there? Do you know what I mean? So I just wanted to throw that in without it getting too political. But yeah. I think I think it is right. It's something I'm passionate about because I, I believe we're all equal. I think we should all, all of our lives fucking matter. Like, I mean, anyone, anyone disputes that, anyone disputes that statement that all lives matter. You're a fucking Nazi and you're the real racist. I'm going to say it right there. And how, how, how like, like, it's a horrible thing. It's a, you know, you're saying about the slaves in Africa because there's so many corrupt, corrupt uh, governments in those countries over there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the, I mean, a lot of their um, people would be, you could imagine, that, like, there's a lot of creative, lovely, beautiful people in those yes. countries that have been held down yes. by poverty, by, you know, hunger, whatever it is. And. You know, I mean, you see the likes of Troker or whatever, just to pick one, for example, mm. and they're always looking to help the kids in Africa or whatever the case may be. I I could be misinformed. I don't know. And it's just, I always assume that the, those governments get the money rather than the people who really need it. Yeah, dude. There's always a, there's yeah. always a canvas there. It's always one for, two for me, one for you. Um yeah it's it's like concern it's like concern we all know about the corruption and concern concern have a director or had until recently a director that was on a salary of 1.2 million a year how in the name of christ can a a a charity organization actually be profiting from people's charity because it's essentially the same as churches profiteering from people handing around money you know from donations and that's wrong because the donations are meant to be there for i mean it was quite clear on the down gig 10 percent of your ten dollars went to the foundation i can't remember what the foundation was but i do believe it was to help the uh, native american the local native american yeah yeah something like Um, that but uh, yeah, but, uh, just just we're, to, we're, getting, we're getting too political there. No, no, I don't even think that's political. I think it's called humanism. I think it's been called human, um, and I think it was it was something that just needed to be said so that um, because you know anybody has an issue with my stuff, and they want to just not listen to the show anymore because they they don't believe in their opinions because they're part of the SJW woke crowd, um, mm-hmm. and don't want to actually have a real debate and a real discussion about it. They just want to believe in the agenda that they're fed to by what is controlled by predominantly left media at the moment. Um, if you don't want to wake up your mind to a possible different alternative opinion on that, that's fine, dude. You do you. We'll do us. It's no, uh, there's no hate. But we should all... And that's the problem nowadays. It's like, if you don't agree with me, you're a piece of shit and fuck you. It should mm-hmm. be like, no, if you don't agree with me, let's have a discussion. 
but we can still be friends by the end of it. <laughs> Simple. We've done it. We, we've done it many a time, haven't we? Over the years. Me and you have been at loggerhead many a time. Usually involving alcohol, but you know. <laughs> but uh. Alcohol, alcohol, and triple H. Alcohol <laughs> and triple H, yeah. Uh, which which is a great little segue uh, into our next because obviously, um, I haven't had a chance, but AEW obviously done their big pay per view. Um, all out there on the weekend, and it's got some. Uh, it's got absolutely crucified in a lot of mm-hmm. in a lot of areas in the uh, in the wrestling media. At the time, I did watch the show. I know you've watched the show. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time I was watching it live, some some things stood out for me, and obviously me trying to look at the positives in it because I'm trying to be positive these days. Um, mm-hmm. I I saw a lot of great stuff. In it, but then when I look back and I was like, I actually didn't see a lot of great stuff. It's just the great stuff stood out above the bad stuff, um, and I kind of want to give AEW a chance. I think we all want to give AEW a chance and the hope, <clears throat> but I do think it's too far gone now. <clears throat> yeah, in the I sense, mean, as, you, as you say, we all. I mean, every, anyone who knows me and who listens to the Four Pop and know I'm not the biggest AEW fan, but I still want them to do well. Yeah. That's what you mean by giving so, it a chance. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, and, I mean, uh, yeah, like, sorry, I know you were talking about that. No, no, you go. You can lead you. us. You can um, lead us here, man. Lead us into like, into this show. That, <laughs> that pay-per-view was just mental, and not in a good way, you know? Um, Serious like, fucking take injuries. A, take, oh, take a bumps that they don't need to, and, well, like, what is the story, like, with AEW and botching chair shots and fucking table things and it's almost like they I don't know is Darby Allen actually trying to kill himself on live TV like I mean I'd love to know what what that because I these these lads don't need to do those moves like they don't need to do them it's not independent wrestling it's not the indies as or as as Jim Cornette says outlaw wrestling it's not no I know he I know he calls AEW outlaw wrestling but you're talking like it's it's a little level up from out. Listen, Jimmy there. wants Jimmy obviously wants the goddamn product to keep going so that he can keep making money by talking about it, and also it's, it's playing right into his hands. Uh, but, but you're playing into his hands, and like and and you know a good eight or nine out of ten times he's right. Like sometimes yeah he'll probably have a bit of an agenda against someone and won't give them credit even when they've done something good. Look, that's just Jimmy being Jimmy and obviously trying to be the the heel coming across. He's trying to play in character, but he he made a great uh, statement. I was listening to I was listening to him talking about the Jericho versus Cassidy match. Oh, Orange Cassidy, yeah. Who who yeah. who I don't hate, by the way, at all. Me either. Me no. either. Um, it's like we, were, we again we spoke about this. He, like you know, he's a bit of fun. He's not he's not doing any harm to anybody. No. But would you honestly? Like, honestly, think that he could go over with Jericho. No, you know, in no. fairness, like I mean, no. as 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 Carnett was saying, it's online there somewhere. Jericho's he's he's fucking up his legacy basically. Like, but hanging with the likes of these, I mean, he was the world champion, like what, not that long ago. I heard and a conspiracy gone. theory today that uh, Jericho has been a special agent Jericho from Vince McMahon to go and just tear it up from the inside if he's coming up with all these ideas himself. I'd love to think that, but I don't think so. That's a Jay Kennedy one. <laughs> well, uh, we need to talk to him about that when we, when we reconvene as the four partner. Because I honestly think 
and uh, Jake, or not Jake Kennedy, uh, Jim Cornette was saying one of the uh, same. P is in the yeah, same pod. <laughs> he um, was saying that like uh, he couldn't have gotten away with doing all this kind of stuff for Vince. So yeah. now he's trying to do all this shit now, you know, which is kind of it's it's chipping away at his legacy. I feel that that's just me. No, well, I, I don't disagree with you to 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 an extent. I mean, people that are saying like, I made the point. You know Jericho's. I know you know I'm a super Jericho fan. Anyway, um, oh, I was. Yeah, and I, and I still I still am. I'll be honest with you, but but I do I do hear you. You know, at the end of the day, I still I still hear you. Um, I think, you know, I think his I think his ideas I suppose can be good. I think this idea that he has in his head that oh, just because he reinvents himself all the time, you know, that's what makes him so well. To be honest with you, you can reinvent yourself all the time. That's good, but sometimes the reinvention can be shit. You yeah. know, um, I think the initial reinvention was good when he first came into AEW because he was on top. I don't think I still think he should be the AEW champion. Um, I don't think the uh, Moxley, John Moxley, I don't think John Moxley needs an AEW championship for the. Uh, I don't think I the don't outlaw think wrestling that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's think we need a John Moxley. That's just my opinion, though. <laughs> I used to be a fan of him actually, no. even when he came in. But it's it's literally Never. this death match kind of. Great. Yeah. Uh, which so it just it basically it generalizes them. Yeah, some and people like that. I've no problem with people that are into that. Like, you, you know, but it's not my bag, and it's not professional wrestling. No. I'm here to tell you, no. it's not like, um, it's. I mean, here's one, and uh, this was stolen from Jim Cornette too. I don't want to make myself look cool here. Who did you hear Jim Cornette talking about? Who was the babyface and who was the heel in that match in the main event with MJF and Moxley? Literally, if there was a crowd there, MJF would have came across as the babyface. Absolutely. I Absolutely. I thought I thought that watching it as well. I was like, this guy's coming spitting in his face and mm. like that's doing stuff like Stone Cold. Now, surely yeah. as the veteran, Moxley as the veteran, should be able yeah. to go, No, dude, you need to you know, you don't get a shine here. I'm the one that gets the shine being the babyface. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, all these legends are there and they're working backstage. Are they just happy to be there getting a paycheck and keep their mouth shut and just I let think, them do what I they want? I think, yeah. I, I think as uh, they see a cash cow. Yeah. And start doing it. Like, I was initially, I was disgusted at Aaron Anderson going over. And I was like, actually, did you know what? Fuck yeah, stay there. You know what I mean? And uh, the one I am actually, you know, I was watching. Well, Aaron got fired. To be fair, so you can't really give yeah. the, you can't really give out to Aaron for. I know but for the, going to know, get a paycheck. Yeah, the, the, but the uh, the whole like the sour grapes and all, you know, like it just everyone's gonna have sour grapes about WWE. They always do, you know. But, but um, why don't we? Right, so we've heard some of the negatives. I mean, uh, well, we probably didn't get into the negatives. I mean. This this bullshit like the 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 stunts that they're trying to pull off like um absolutely yeah. ridiculous with I mean I'm sorry but you know Matt Hardy who I respect very Me much too. and I uh, Matt Me Hardy too. was always my favorite of the of the two Hardy brothers as well same. Um, same and I always thought he was the better worker you know he could actually work and I thought you know Hardy was charismatic in the sense of the way he presented himself and the way he kind of yeah looked Hardy looked cool and stuff like that. But um, I thought Matt Hardy had the more, um, I thought he had more meat on the bones, and I don't mean physically, but more meat on the bones in terms of yeah, uh, I know what you character, mean. Your story more depth, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Matt Hardy in this program alone with Sammy Guevara, has he has he been? I mean, Matt Hardy and the Hardy Boys wrestled a super stiff, hardcore style when they were in those that that tag deal back in the day when you know yeah. with the with, the, uh, with Edge and Christian matches. and oh crazy stuff. In the space of two months, maybe even less, he's been injured more times than a little with Sammy Guevara. Yeah, and I've bigged up Sammy Guevara on this show countless times thinking he was he yeah. could be a star and I hate to knock him but is there certain things where like right you're not trained to do this but you think you can do it because you've seen other people do it yeah you know not everything can just be a, a an accident it comes to a point where someone has to have accountability right uh, absolutely like I mean, doing doing a spear off a forklift was ridiculous anyway. You know, with no padding. But then you look at the, you know, you look at the spear then that was given to Hardy. It wasn't. It wasn't light. It was tight as fuck, and it was overshot as well. Now both of them are at fault. Hardy's an idiot for fucking agreeing to do it. Also, yeah, um, absolutely. But what happened then? But it was overshot. Um, looked like they didn't even rehearse it. You know, Hardy obviously knew where he was. I mean, Hardy's taking these bumps time after time, so he probably knew I need to be here, you know, to to land here or whatever. But then you have little Guevara coming in then and just boom, Goldberg tackling him, overshoots it, boom, knocked out. And then a doctor, a trained doctor, makes an assessment. Yeah, Doc Samson. Doc Samson. Makes an assessment in the space of 50 seconds and says he passed <laughs> what was the proto Tony Khan this absolute clown turns around and goes he passed concussion protocol how can you pass concussion protocol in the space of one minute I've had two in my in, uh, two that I can remember in my lifetime two yeah I had two D- dude like it's quite clear when you know someone has a concussion yeah, you know, um. Now I I'm not I wasn't there, so they could easily turn around and say it was all a big work and stuff like that. I can't tell you by looking at my Hardy that I knew he he was concussed purely because, a I was in and out of the show and, but, but to be honest with you, it looked like if he was working, it was a hell of a work. Put it that way, mm. and then that's the best thing that was happening in wrestling all year. If that's the case, uh, I don't think it was a work. But no, so many people uh, were worried about. His wife is pissed off about it too. Um, yeah. I mean, this what 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 happens? Like, I mean, Seth Rollins was getting grilled years ago for injuring people in WWE. Yeah. You know, with Bret Hart and all that, and rightly so. But Seth Rollins kind of changed up. He well, he was only you know he cha- he got rid of that one move that was injuring people. That was what it was. Seth Rollins, was, wasn't it? Yeah. So he you know and he probably used it again a couple of times, but he actually probably went back and found a safer way to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like I heard Triple H on a recent interview talking about the origins of the pedigree, and he said like the first few times he used it, lads were going, "What the fuck, man! Like you're literally dropping me on my head." So he said, yeah. "Look, we'll park that one away for a little while and try and figure out a way to do it safely," which is fine. I understand accidents happen, but these are accidents that can be avoided. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You yeah. don't need to be on a forklift to tell. Why not? Why not actually call the action in the ring? Maybe because you're meant to be a professional wrestling company, so maybe that might work. 
It's just a thought. It's just a thought. But look, you've got Tony Khan playing with daddy's money. He's already shown that he's a hypocrite anyway because he said Hulk Hogan and Linda Hogan would never be welcome in his uh in his company. And then one of his uh one of his is um one of his employees has obviously clearly seen the M word in a video, whether it was an angle or not. I know people are saying, oh, well, it was an angle from 2002 and the video resurfaced. Well, Hulk Hogan's video surfaced from someone leaking it on the internet and he was duly fired and had to pay his penance. So it's the hypocrisy of, 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 of that that bothers me too, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just Tony Khan trying to look cool on, on, um, look cool on social media and kind of, well, I wonder how the BLM movement feels about that. <laughs> Do they know? Look, at the end of the day, he'll keep trying to pummel his money into this. Vince will still be gone, you know. Yeah. Whether we like it, whether we like the product or not, right now, it'll still be there, you know. Well, we will give an honourable mention to two really good matches on that show, though, um, mm. which was obviously FTR and uh, versus Kenny Omega and. Uh, Hang on. And hang hang on, page. my my boy, mm-hmm. and uh, and then of course my old pal Tonda Rosa. Um, she's a great girl. She's a great girl. Man, she's so good. Like I mean, that was they were the two matches of the night for me, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, mm. that girl's match. I I can't remember the name. Of the, I I just can't pronounce it. The the AEW girl, but she was she held her own too. It was it was a good match, mm. yeah. but that was a pro wrestling match with two women that fought hard, fucking. They shone. They look. I just thought they looked great. I have to say. Um, oh. And Thunder Rosa will be on the show again soon. Just wanted to say that as well because Lovely. we had, we had been we had been talking, and it's great to see she's going to be on Dynamite again uh, next week as well. So I think she's going to be defending the NWA title on that. So be interesting oh. to see NWA and AEW might have a little bit of a bit of a thing going on there, which is probably a good smart business decision on the A on the NWA's part. Is, 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 are they still got? Are they still alive? Or are they? They are, as far as no, they're still going. But I think Billy Corgan, they've probably got some sort of little business deal going on with AEW, which I think is good business all around for both, because you're actually getting yeah. some real wrestlers in, um, for a yeah. start. Be interesting to see how Nick Aldis would do in there, uh, in a, on a big stage as well. Um, well, so look, Eddie Kingston is in there now as well. Exactly. Yeah. So there's probably we can't mention too much. There's probably certain names that won't be showing up in there, obviously due to this whole speaking out thing as well so mm. but i know nick aldis will be he would be someone that i'd be looking looking to see you know on a on a bigger stage like that and see how he would do i think he would hold his mm. own to be honest i think i think he would yeah um but yeah so we but we move along then finish with nxt obviously nxt was on on tuesday mm-hmm. another special on tuesday and um we, we, is it staying on Tuesday night now? I think it's staying on Tuesday. Is it? Is it? I'm not too sure. So I yeah. think that's their long. Yeah, I think that's their long term plan. So they're just they're just gonna give AEW no competition to like compete with yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it'd be interesting uh, to see, but obviously, finally, finally, Finn Balor is now the uh, good time NXT champion once again. Um, yeah. Do you think that's a bit of a Vince restocking him up before he takes him back up to the tippy top? Because you know that that's generally what happens afterwards. Um, um, I don't know. Um, I, 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 do you know something? I really hope that he stays in NXT for a bit longer. Um, he doesn't need to go up right now. He doesn't. 
Um, but if he did go up, I'd like something meaningful for him. Not just coming back in, pulling up his collar and doing nothing but no one. No, I'd like to see him like, go toe-to-toe as a babyface now against Roman Reigns. That's what you want. Yeah. I think I that could be a great feud, to be honest. I would love to see him, t- like, you know, like, I mean, I'd love to see him team up with, as I was saying to you, and it was said before AJ Styles or someone like that, someone who he has history with, maybe not direct history, but with the two sweet thing. Oh, yeah. You know, um, even like Adam Cole, when he, when, like, it was up in that thing after the match, Triple H was congratulating him, and Adam Cole came out to the back and gave him a hug, and they did the two sweet. So there's that connection there as well with the Bullet Club, you know what I mean? So, I'd like to see him have some sort of a direction. And There's a group, even... there's a group, Adam Cole, AJ Styles and AJ. Finn Balor. That's the club. <laughs> I mean, like, you could you could pick any young up-and-comer in there and throw them in. If you wanted a bit of muscle, you could get someone else in there as well. So get a big guy up there who, who's pretty good that would benefit from being around those guys. Like DX's China, if you will. Or the Heart Foundation's Rick Rude. Yeah. You know, Heart Foundation had Rick yes. Rude with the briefcase and, you know, the muscle. Um, so many things they could do. I mean, I'm, I still think it's it's crazy five years later that we haven't seen a uh, a Finn Balor, AJ Styles feud. <laughs> it was yeah, just, I, I mean, this is one, another... One match. One match, wasn't it? This is, yeah, it was an amazing match. This is another one where Vince has had Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan in the same company and didn't go with it. And then let another company make yeah. money off it. Yeah. You've got it there, Vince. Do it. And I'm sure... Like, H- you know, it's so funny. There's so many potential matches. Is Daniel Bryan still uh, there? Or is he just out because of COVID? I think he's so. there, but he's probably out due to COVID. I don't know. Maybe... I'd Col- love to see a good program between him and, and uh, Finn. I would say both, both men would welcome that too. Yeah, that's... That's proper wrestling right there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, look, that's, that's a good way to finish up on it, actually, because, uh, as I said, wrestling's coming up. Obviously, uh, we've got... Um, this weekend, it was meant to be um, the epic fight between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., but uh, that's obviously been put off now till November. God damn it. Oh. But um, that's going to be interesting coming up as well. A bit, a bit of nostalgia for all of us old boxing fans to oh. see two of the greatest of yeah. all time go toe-to-toe. At age It'll be fifty, interesting. it's going to be very interesting, and I know, I know it's going under the label of a uh, an exhibition, but you know, <laughs> everything's Don't an exhibition till someone gets punched in the face, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tell me, Iron Mike will be smiling if he gets a nice jab to the nose. And believe me, he will get a fucking jab to the nose. Yeah, Roy Jones. It's Roy Jones. He will hit you. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So it's it's whether uh, it's whether Tyson then suddenly pipes up those uh, left hooks to the body, yeah. but then again, it's Roy Jones. Can you know? Will he let you get to his body? You know, this is why it's in, it's it's an intriguing fight. I'm really looking forward to it, yeah. and uh, I think it's great. I just hope no one gets hurt. Obviously, I don't think anyone will get hurt anyway. They're two box two two veterans. I think. Probably get hurt for a while, but I tell you, their bank balance won't be hurt. Um, and that's all that matters to them at yeah. the end of the day. And I will be paying for it. I won't be sh- illegally streaming something like that. That all my money will be gone. Good man. To everyone involved in that, uh, in, in that particular deal. But um, look, speaking of money, um, make sure that your money goes to 
your 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 favorite local bands and your favorite local artists and stuff like that and obviously yeah. um two tales of woe have a band camp still um yeah band you know, camp two tales of woe it's just you just google park or you just type in two tales of woe and it comes up and you know we've t-shirts and we've cds and we've uh music and you can get the album on audio if you want you can buy it on audio if you want you can buy singles on audio if you want you can buy the the physical product which we always implore you to do um t-shirts all kinds of merch there so do implore you to go to uh 2000 world band camp and just help artists out because it's uh no it's it's guys like these that are going to be here for us when uh when this whole china virus is over um absolutely you know so it's uh yeah support your local bands support each other don't want to sound like jerry springer at the end here now but uh <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's true um but yeah carl as as always it's always been a pleasure we should probably announce right now that we do have a fourth pod man we did say that at the end of the at the start we of the did. show and uh you kind of let it slip a little while ago but i don't know whether I anyone, no one knew who it was no. don't know whether anyone was kind of smart enough to kind of to catch on but yes Jason Kennedy, uh, for all of you local Dublin metalheads and music heads will know exactly who that is. Um, for all of you American uh, listeners and Canadian listeners and, you know, wherever you're listening all over the world, uh, get ready for this guy. He is a uh, barrel of dynamite. He is a Dublin man. He will, uh, he will sound like Conor McGregor to you at times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our he's our he's our color coordinator color combinator. He's our color. He is he is our Irish version of uh Jesse Ventura, Bobby the yeah. Heenan, all mixed into one. So he is our fourth podman. Absolutely. And we've done a test run and it was pretty awesome. So um that will be getting recorded next week. So the four four podman is not gone, it's not dead. Um sorry we haven't had many updates on social media and stuff. It's been this coronavirus has been pretty crazy in a lot of ways, yeah. like because it'd be easy to put up and say, "Oh, keep in touch with us," but we'd rather we'd rather put up statuses and stuff like that and notifications when we know we have something solid, rather yeah. than not being able to uh, not being able to follow through on a commitment, you know. Um, yeah. But the four of us are committed, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a show. We do thank Dara obviously for his, com- you know, his contributions to the show. Um, Absolutely. You know, he helped us get it off the ground, and you know, we wish we wish Dara well. We all left mutually uh, in agreement. And um, Dara, I have to say, Dara, I'll actually do a quick shout out. Dara is yeah. a multi-talented guy. Dara has a couple of bands and projects. I mean, Horrenda is his main band, mm-hmm. um, fantastic black metal band. Um, then he also has one called Outus, which is like a side project which he does a lot of different things with mm-hmm. then I mean like that he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to wrestling yeah you know and 100%. he has his own podcasts and all that kind of stuff so you should check out those things for um, sure for sure that's our way to kind of thank Dara for you know what he helped contribute as I say he was a, an integral yeah. part of uh, getting the four pod men off the ground he was only meant to come Absolutely. in for one show deal anyway um and ended up kind of joining the team, but obviously, he is a super busy dude. We obviously He's have very our, busy. He is, and we have our own stuff, and we need to keep the we need to keep the train rolling, and uh, it is rolling, and it's going to be going full steam ahead. It's going to be uh, it's going to be on next week. We should probably let you all know it is going to be about the Montreal screw job. So, 
that is going to be a hell of an episode. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We have the next two shows picked for you. Um, we'll announce the, the what will be after the Montreal Screwjob on the show itself. We won't give too much away now. Yeah. Um, I think that's we're, we're just going to have to feed them what they want now. We're going to have to feed you what you want for the next <laughs> little while. Um, I know you've all voted a lot, but let's get a let's let Jay get his feet under the ground because I think you're going to really like what you hear. And, yeah. Uh, once we get these two next shows out of the way, we'll get back to voting. Um, and then obviously, you know, you guys, uh, you guys always vote, but you never tell us what you want. So if you start telling us what you want, then we'll take it yeah. into consideration. Um, but look, that is all for uh, for myself and Mr. King Wo. Um, what Absolutely. was meant to be an hour podcast has once again almost become a two hour podcast. But we know <laughs> that y'all love this. Uh, that's why we do it. <laughs> And uh, hell, if we didn't have uh, if we didn't have wives and and bosses, we would probably be here for twenty four hours. So it'd be the longest podcast much, on earth. Pretty much. <laughs> drinking through drinking through Zoom. So, um, <laughs> Carl, once again, thank you very much. Is there anything else you want to plug? Thanks. You want to plug the, uh, the the show or anything like that? Or uh, no, well, King Wall's car will be back up and running. Um, yeah, I just have to figure out whether I'm gonna do another couple of Zoom shows or not. Otherwise, you'll be waiting for a little bit until I can, because uh, I have a, a style of uh, show I want to try, but I don't want to. I don't want to say anything too about it yet. Yeah, but, yeah, and that's it, and that's yeah. it. Because like, we all, we all had. Uh, obviously, your show was going to be under the uh, Dynamo's Dozen Network kind of thing that we were getting mm-hmm. going. Um, obviously, that would have cost a little bit of money. You know what I mean? Uh, at the time when that when that idea was was in the air well it wasn't in the air it was it was going to happen but obviously corona hit and yeah. um yeah you know obviously you know it's not financially viable at the moment to do that but yeah. we will be it getting back around us. to that it does restrict us yeah. a little bit so we completely yeah. understand but we will uh we will be getting back around to all this and it will be uh it will be happening going forward so yeah absolutely mr carl king thanks for having me man thank As you always. my brother and For me and for my listeners, Dynamo is over and out.